So I can't express to you guys how much nothing I actually do. Um, I noticed uh, because of the outline this week. Yeah. So essentially, I go to work. Um, I work all day, get off, come home, make dinner, probably play a game if I can. Maybe. Um, Yes, maybe. While playing said game, feel no emotion whatsoever, no happiness, no sadness, nothing. I feel nothing. I'm tired. I'm dead inside. I'm old. I'm 30. I fell down the stairs. I'm miserable. (laughs) Okay. So... I'm sitting there, I'm playing game, and then I have to go to bed shortly after. Like, I I barely even have three free hours to myself because when it's time for bed, I wake up and, you know, Sabrina not being able to drive right now, I take her to work every day. So, unfortunately, her work starts before the sun comes up. So, I'm sleeping maybe five hours at absolute most. So, there's that. So, on top of that... Then I come home um, from taking her to work. I come home and then I, I maybe get an hour of rest again. And then I have to wake up to go back to work. Maybe two hours if I'm lucky, depending on the day. So in this time frame that I just laid out for you, I don't have time for fucking anything. Like it, it, no TV shows. No Twitch, no, maybe YouTube. If I'm eating, I can just pull up a quick video. Um, but literally if I started a movie, I would have to do it over the course of a week because I just watched like 15 minutes at a time while I'm eating. And then I go into playing a video game, which is my main source of entertainment media type of, uh, situation. So when I don't put anything in the outline, I am literally, I don't do anything. I work, I eat, I sleep a little, and I kind of play games. And I'm depressed 100% of the time. Damn. Well, boy, that's some heavy-ass shit. I just feel bad because I have nothing to bring to the table. Like, there was a while there where I was actually doing something, and I even remember Austin. He was like, oh, my God, Dylan did stuff this week. (laughs) It's like, uh, but you guys always have these fun things to talk about. Um, And I got nothing. It's okay. I don't really have anything super special to talk about this time either. You do. Yours is inspirational. Josh's is cool. Because I was actually talking about one of the topics of his, what I did this week at work recently. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that one day, maybe I can finish a hundred foot wave. I have two episodes left and then I can, I can talk about that because who doesn't want to hear me talk about surfing again? Who doesn't want to hear the fat kid talk about surfing the sports (laughs) that he can't even do? Uh, you could probably do it. Uh, on a boogie board. Uh, well, it's better than nothing. Yeah. That's positivity. I like that. There you go. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. My life story and autobiography. <laughs> I feel that.
You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. Uh, I've gone down a couple of weird rabbit holes. Uh, also, if this sounds familiar, that's because it's almost forward <laughs> the intro from last week. Um, anyway, yeah, a couple of weird rabbit holes over the course of the last couple of months. And last week we talked about uh, all about ARGs, and I actually uh, wanted to bring some of that stuff up to you guys uh, later, possibly because. Uh, there's a lot more to that topic than we discussed, and I didn't really realize that because most of the research I did was all based around like a handful of uh, of things. So, yeah, cool times. Nice. Uh, but we also talked about the blue box games conspiracy theories, and this week we want to focus on something along a similar vein, or at the very least, an offshoot of that topic. Uh, we're also going to be talking some wrestling and (laughs) I just saw your thing, Dylan. That's funny. Um, (laughs) we're also going to be talking about some video games and, uh, we'll get to our regularly scheduled picks of the week. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop man, Josh McMullen. And I'm joined, as almost always, by my two co-hosts. Wait, 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 hang on. What? What is this? What? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Culture Bop and Hunting Pixels proudly presents to you its greatest co-host in the world! Dylan, Weight of Expectations Martin, and Austin, Hype Culture Stevens. How's it going today, fellas? Listen, oh, I'm still God. coming down from a couple of hours ago, and I hated every second of that. What the fuck? Like, you stopped and you were like, wait. I had what no is idea this? what was happening. Yeah, you you got me. That's in the, <laughs> that's in the fucking document, and I didn't even see that. Uh, Holy oh, shit. my God. Man. You know what? Congrats on you completely catching yeah. off guard for this episode. That was great. Man, I tried. I, wow. I really tried. Genuinely, I was still no caught up on you saying something with. about my little thing or seeing my little thing. I was pretty upset about that. <laughs> but that just made it so much better. Yeah, I well, I, like I said in the intro, we're we're going to talk about wrestling, and that is a uh, a s- sort of a co-op of the uh, the intro for the uh, the New Edge Outlaws, who are arguably the greatest tag team of the Attitude Era. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that was a nice transition. Yeah, yeah, real nice transition. I like right? that you said that I'm weight of expectations, and you didn't put weight in Austin's name, so you picked out the fat one for the weight nickname, <laughs> but that's fine. Let's be honest. We're all fat. No. Austin's Austin's mm. a good-looking fellow. You know what? I want to pull his hair. I'll take Austin's that. got oh, that dad okay. bod going on. He's not fat. He's just got If you bod. watch TikTok, it'll have you believing dad bods and five-inch penises are the way to go. That's I mean, what they say. <laughs> they are. It's pretty great. Uh, so Peni? yeah, uh-huh. I think it is Peni. 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 Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> I want a kunai shaped like a penis, so I can call it a Peni. Oh my god, that's pretty great. It's a pretty we, great. We can idea, market I'm not that. Gonna lie. 
That's going to go on our merch store, guys. Have <laughs> hunting pixels branded. Please no. <laughs> that's the hunting dixels side of it. So there we go. Oh, man. We can um, each get a fucking cast mold made of our dicks and we can sell it. Well, we can't do OnlyFans now. That table's up. That, that opportunity's yeah, up. Off the, the table. Oh, yeah. They're taking away porn. Yeah, which is crazy. That's like I thought OnlyFans was a porn website. It is. <laughs> well, yeah. it's not, but it's what it's No, it, it is. For. Come on. Wait, did we gloss over the molds of our penises for merch? Yeah. Yeah, no, we did. Okay. But it wouldn't have taken much. That's what happens when you accidentally quote unquote sell child porn on your app. You get Whoa, your- we did not do what? Oh, we, only We fans. don't have an app yet. Holy shit. Not yet. It's coming. That was a that was a maelstrom right there. We're gonna ignore <laughs> that part. <laughs> Appar- I, that's what I was reading. Apparently, that's why OnlyFans is doing that is because they're being investigated by the government for uh, like people making accounts and then uh, using the app to sell child pornography. Oh God, what the fuck is wrong with people, dude? Well, I, the, it's mm, it's kind of their fault because they don't really pay attention to what goes on on their own fucking website. That is true. But that's yes. all right, Josh. You, you got wrestling to talk about. Yep, I've got wrestling, not child porn. <laughs> oh God! Um, God, <laughs> Austin brought it up, man. I don't. I don't know. Uh, just hearing it just makes me cringe every single time. It should. I feel like that's the normal reaction. That's that's true. We can find out a lot about some people uh, with that test. That that's true. icky. Well, <laughs> uh, icky. speaking so yeah, this, of icky, this. There's nothing icky about professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, anyway, yeah, so this weekend was uh, SummerSlam weekend, and uh, SummerSlam is the WWE's second biggest show. Uh, it's part of the big four, obviously. You get WrestleMania in March, and then you get SummerSlam in uh, August, and then Survivor Series in I think November and then January is uh, Royal Rumble. So it's, it's part of the big four and it's the, this is kind of where everything resets and starts the build towards WrestleMania. Right. Um, it happened on a Saturday this year, which was kind of weird because every WWE pay-per-view takes place on Sundays. So right off the bat, this was kind of a strange like thing for for me and uh so yeah i've been building out the last couple weeks with like wrestling documentaries and it's because i've been slowly but surely getting back into wrestling uh and i've sort of been like steeping myself back into the world and there were I started watching some of the kind of like build up to these uh excuse me uh, a, a sort of build up to these um this event and th- this year has just been a fucking nightmare for the WWE in my head because the the company has uh, 
they've had a, a rough year, man, of letting people go that were really, really fucking good. And I kind of don't know like what the fuck it was that that they were thinking. Like right after uh WrestleMania this year, they let go of Samoa Joe, they uh let go of the Iconics, uh they let go of um uh Bo Dallas, who was kind of underrated, I thought, and and Mickey James, who was like this really great talent to have uh for the for the women's wrestlers. And then it kind of went away throughout may uh i mean they they released velveteen dream which was weird because he was like hugely fucking over in nxt um and then in june they released alistair black they released ruby riot they released tyler breeze and like all of these people are just really fucking good wrestlers like really really fucking good wrestlers and uh they if i remember correctly it wasn't too long ago they also released um uh shit what's his name fucking uh oh my god he he was the fiend um what the fuck is his name bray wyatt okay yeah (laughs) and like these are big fucking deals dude these are good wrestlers who had had interesting shit going on for them and so this whole year has just been marked by like this weird like wwe letting talent go sort of thing Mm -hmm. and so going into this event in particular, I was kind of thrown off because like I I don't really know who they have anymore. <laughs> like it I, I like you got rid of all this talent who who are great and and like who are you relying on, right? Well, so one of the things that uh, having like known all of that and, and looked at all of that and stuff is uh, on Friday, WWE's main competition, AEW uh, had a show uh, called rampage. And the very first segment was dedicated to CM Punk, who was a former wrestler um, for the WWE. He, he was in a, a, bunch of other promotions smaller promotions um but he became like huge on wwe and he had one of the first uh so there's this guy named dave Meltzer, who he has been like covering the industry for a very long time and he he rates matches on like a on like a five-star scale and he is very very hard to impress and CM Punk and John Cena had a one of the first five star matches in the WWE uh, since the '90s, and this was in like 2011, I think. Um, and the dude was huge. And then there was a big falling out between the two of them, and he left. He went to go do uh, MMA. He got his fucking ass kicked over there, um, and. 
then, uh, yeah, so he just kind of slipped away into the ether, and then he makes a return on AEW on Friday, and the reception that this dude got was fucking insane, dude. So he comes out to the music, uh, it's uh, Cult of Personality by um, Living Color, and... I know the song really, really well because I used to be a huge CM Punk fan, but I also really like that song. And so I could tell everything that was going like beat for beat or whatever. And like the crowd was overpowering the fucking music. It was actual insanity. They took like shots of people in the crowd. They were like breaking down in tears. And like, there was one guy who looked like he was about to have like an actual anxiety attack. Like he was so fucking hyped. It was bonkers to say the least. And so he comes out and he says, you know, I'm going to, I'm coming here to put over these new name talents because I think that they've got what it is. Or I think that they have, um, uh, what it takes to be the best in the world, which is kind of what he called himself. Um, and yeah, so that was fucking cool for pretty much everyone. And so SummerSlam comes around and they go the night after and they kind of have their own big reveals like Becky Lynch returns and Becky Lynch was like when she left, she left to go have a baby. Um, and when she left, she was basically the entire women's division. Like she had, she had concocted this new persona called the man. And she was just at the fucking top of her game. And she was like the best of the fucking best. And I love her. She is so good in the ring. She is really charismatic on the mic like she is fucking stellar and she came back and i was immediately like whoa what and i thought that she was going to have the match with the 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 um i think it was the smackdown women's championship it might have been the raw it doesn't fucking matter it was the women's championship and I thought that they were about to fucking tear the roof off of that place. And she hit one move and one. All of the fucking buildup and hype around that moment was completely deflated because WWE was like, yeah, just go out there and take the title off the champ. Like, what, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And, uh, at the end of the night, Brock Lesnar made his surprise return. Uh, Lesnar hasn't been seen. Uh, fuck. It's been a very, very long time. Uh, I'm going to look at it real quick. Hang on. I, I don't even fucking remember. Um, I think it was 2019. No holds barred match. Royal Rumble. Uh, it was, yeah, it was WrestleMania 36, which was the 2020 WrestleMania. So like he hasn't been around in over a year 
and no, he was no longer under contract from what we presumed. And like, he was just gone. And then him coming back was fucking gigantic. Uh, and so like, that was super cool, but the event itself was pretty fucking mediocre. Like there were a total of 11 matches on the card, I think. Um, or actually one of those was a pre-show there. So there were like 10, um, and all the way up until like the seventh match between, uh, Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal, everything was completely fucking mediocre. Like there were botched moves all over the place. There were like, really weird pacing issues with some of the matches. Like the, the Damien priest and Seamus match was not good. Like not good at all. I, I was kind of baffled by how bad it was to be honest with you. Um, and then, uh, Drew McIntyre is really good. Uh, but gender Mahal is not particularly good. And their match was very bleh. Uh, but then the next match really started to kick things into high gear. The the women's uh, the Raw Women's Championship match was really good, but it was kind of ruined because they gave it to Charlotte again, and like she's now had it twelve times, uh, and it's fucking annoying. Um, I just don't understand, and we'll, and we'll get into this later, but. Or well, briefly in in just a second, they keep relying on the same talent over and over again, and it's fucking annoying. Anyway, and then the match that really stole the night was the Edge versus Seth Rollins match. I thought it was excellent, and it was a really nice thing to see, considering the Edge uh, he returned after a very long, uh, I think it was like a ten year um, retirement. He had like these neck issues and they told him that he was never going to um, wrestle again sort of thing. And then uh, he came back and ha- has really been putting on some good matches. Uh, and this was maybe his best one back. And this was definitely the best one of the night, like hands down. Very, very good. Um, then there was another one, Bobby Lashley, Goldberg, blah, whatever. But then uh, the end of the night was Roman Reigns versus John Cena. And this was, again, John Cena was returning uh, for his first match in, uh, what, two or three years, I I feel like. And uh, it was really surprisingly well told. Like, it was a really good story that they were telling in the match. And I, I really enjoyed it everything that I was watching between those two matches specifically, like nothing really let me down in those two. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it, but the overall experience was very mediocre. And I just kind of like am left wondering like what is going on with the WWE because they, they're letting go of these really big names. And then if they're not letting them go, they're letting them just languish behind either faces we've seen a billion times like fucking Charlotte or these nostalgia plays like edge Goldberg and Cena. And although edge and Cena were fucking great tonight or like not tonight, but on Saturday, like it's like, what the fuck are you doing? 
You can't rely on these. Like, Edge is 47 years old. You cannot rely on him. Goldberg is 51, I think. Like, you cannot rely on these people. Why are you not cultivating this new talent? Like, I don't... I, I, I don't know. It's really kind of... It's frustrating as a fan of the WWE because this is something that I've been kind of on and off passionate again about my entire life. And like, I look at what AEW is doing and they seem to just be doing a much better job and they get these bigger names to help bring this new talent out. And I... I don't know. It's just frustrating, and I feel like I've talked enough about wrestling. So, <laughs> yeah, that sounds well. Well, here's here's the thing. I really wanted to touch on it real quick. Um, so I'm a huge, huge UFC fan. Like I'm watching every fight that I can. I love it. I keep up with it. It's one of the only sports that I truly care about outside of soccer. Um, and I knew who CM Punk was um, before he came into the UFC. I knew he was a wrestler. Um, I stopped watching wrestling before he came into the scene or maybe it was right towards, you know, the beginning of his career almost. Um, my brother watched around that time. So I of course knew the name, but then he came to the UFC and his name carried weight. Um, because of, you know, the last person to come from the WWE Brock Lesnar was a fucking heavyweight champion. He was a monster. Um, so CM Punk came in and it's like, okay, let's, you know, you're having a, you know, a Jedi moment. We're going to watch this kid's career with, you know, great interest. So his, I mean, he ultimately wound up failing. He tried and it takes a lot of heart to get in there with the world's best and to truly take the hits that he's taking and fight on that level, like a real fight. It's, it's hard, but he tried and you have to respect him for trying that, but he just couldn't, um, he couldn't get a win in the UFC no matter how much he tried, but he eventually left. And like you were kind of saying, I, I haven't heard anything from him. Um, or at least me, I haven't heard his name in a long time. Um, but I, this was brought to my attention by a buddy at work that he returned and he returned to, to AEW. And I keep seeing a lot of stuff about AEW, which is really, you know, catching my interest. Cause it's, it seems to be, almost going better than how the WWE is type of thing. Like it looks like it's doing really great for itself. So a buddy and I were talking about it. Um, and he was like, you know, it was this really huge thing. CM Punk came back and he, I was kind of listening to him at work, watch the, I guess the walkout. And it seemed pretty crazy. I was like, you know what? I'll check it, check it out when I get home. So I did. Um, I watched, like the video was posted and before anything hap is happening, before anyone knows anything, I guess they're all chanting his name. I don't know why. Like I didn't see it. I don't know why, but they're all chanting his name. I don't guess anyone knows for sure that he's going to come out. I'm not sure. But then cult of personality starts playing, which is his song and they fucking erupt. And it was one of the most emotional moments I've seen in that kind of entertainment in a long time. And he walks out and he just kind of kneels there on the uh 
on whatever the fucking ramp, whatever. He kind of just kneels there and just has this moment. And the crowd is just going crazy and people are crying. They're freaking out like, oh my God, I can't believe it. He's here. And it's like, my perspective on that is he might not have made it in the UFC, but seeing him go home to something he knows and loves and is good at, that was an emotional moment. And that was super cool. And I, oh man, I, even not watching it or keeping up with him, you got chills and you felt super happy for him. So I don't know, like it, it even made its way to me. And I thought that was pretty cool. Cause I, I could connect with you on that this week, Josh. Yeah, dude, uh, <clears throat> that, that whole sequence, like that whole opening bit of AEW rampage, literally the, almost the entire time I had like fucking chills going down my spine. It was crazy. It was, man. Just he was interacting with the crowd. He jumped into him like but like he the love was there, man. Like the love was literally like spilling out of that um, arena. And like he was high fiving everyone. And then he looks at the other side. He runs and jumps into him. They welcome him. They catch him. They stand him up like he's just in a loving moment. And when he touches the ring for the first time, it got even louder, like, which was incredible. Like you could, you don't think it's going to get louder and then it fucking does. And it, it, it was just, it gave me chills, man. It was an emotional moment and I'm so happy to see him doing something that he loves again. Same, same. Uh, well, speaking of doing things that, uh, that we love, you have written down here, enter weekly activity here. (laughs) actually covered that <laughs> uh yeah I, I got nothing man you can just insert my monologue from when you and i or when you started this podcast today and you can just put that in here <laughs> oh, uh, fair enough uh but austin what, yes. what are you doing to get in better shape physically and mentally so um i realized over the last couple or well really over the last month uh, just how out of fucking shape I am and just how rapidly declining my body is. Um, also, uh, physically and mentally, really. Uh, like at the beginning of last month, uh, the beginning of July, I got like a mild, uh, got like a mild urinary tract infection, which I thought it went away. I t- was taking medicine, like I thought it went away. And then around the end of July, it kind of came back with a fucking vengeance. Uh, went to the doctor. It was like slowly filtering into becoming a kidney infection. And I was like, you know, even though I was taking all the medicine, like, why did this happen? Why did it come back and just get fucking worse? And the doctor was like, well, I can tell you by testing some of your urine and blood that you don't take very good care of your fucking self. Um, and so I've been trying to eat better. Uh, I've been trying to make sure that I drink at least uh, 10, like, at least 10, like eight to 12 ounces of, uh, of water a day, which I wasn't even remotely drinking that close, uh, on a daily basis. I like honestly would go days without drinking any fucking water at all. Dude, people don't understand how fucking detrimental that is to your health. Yeah. I water learned that over the last awesome. month. I fucking learned how detrimental that is over the last month. Cause like everybody, you know, kept fucking everyone in my life nags at me that I need to drink more water, especially Madison. And I was just like, eh, like, fuck it, whatever. I'll be fine. Um, and then I realized I wasn't fine and this infection was getting worse. And it was also, I, I don't know if maybe like my body was trying to fight it off to the point where 
like my immune system was just really low so i was getting sick with like everything else all at the same time uh like i got hit with a fucking sinus infection i got hit with a fucking ear infection like just all at the same fucking time and so i was like okay i need to start doing something different so i've cut down how much shitty foods i eat and like trying to cook more at home and trying to cook more healthier foods at home um even then just eating a fucking salad regularly which is something i've never done um and then just making sure like i it's to the point now where like i don't i don't drink any soft drinks at all which is if anyone knows me knows that that's super strange because i would drink like eight orange vanilla cokes a fucking day um but I've, I've cut out drinking uh, any any soft drinks of any kind at all. I'll still have, like, a Coke here occasionally, like, if we go out to dinner somewhere. Um, but typically it's just water and milk 90% of the time. Um, Dude. And then... What? what? I'm just fucking flabbergasted right now. Like, Why? Just the fact that... The fact that I never drink water? Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, if I told you how much water I drink a day, you shit yourself. Oh my yeah. god, dude! It was. Bad. I mean, I'm super happy that you are now, but god damn. Um, and then, as far as the mental health stuff goes, uh, I've been having a lot of like really bad anxiety issues over the last couple of weeks, um, which uh, I've been talking to a doctor about it, and they they want me to do like they want me to kind of do a couple of different things before they actually try to like sit me down and test me for anything and put me on any kind of medication they want me to start getting more sleep and and doing stuff like that because uh, they think a lot of it is deriving just solely from sleep deprivation um which could also be why i'm still dealing with a sinus infection is just because i'm not giving my body the, the the amount of sleep that it needs to fight things off properly so trying to do better on that too and not only sleeping five hours a fucking night but yeah well dude i think you're gonna be shocked at how much like just increasing your water intake is gonna help with that yeah just in terms of mental health i even even after like a week uh and that was probably like fuck dude that was probably three or four weeks ago even after just a week of of cutting out soda entirely and like mostly just drinking water occasionally drinking milk uh like at night and in the mornings and stuff I immediately felt better. Like, I felt so much fucking better. I was sleeping better. I wasn't sweating as bad when I was at work, anywhere near as much as I normally do. And it definitely fucking helps. It Like, it definitely makes a difference in your everyday life. Man, I'm fucking happy for you. That's That's got to be a great feeling. <sighs> oh, yeah. Now if I could just get rid of all this fucking extra shit that came along with it, I'd be great. Dude, if you can stop, like, truly stop drinking soda... For a long while and just get that water into your system the f- next time you even think about tasting a soda you're gonna do it and you're gonna spit that shit out because you're gonna wow. literally taste everything inside of it i have not had soda i don't know it's like five to seven years i will really? never touch another soda oh yeah Holy like shit. it's been a long time i only drink water i drink about 200 ounces of water a day oh um my God. i just yeah like i a i'm a I'm, a I'm a thirsty motherfucker <laughs> but like seriously thirsty. i can't drink yeah, I'm a thirsty bitch, um, and it shows. <laughs> but uh, um, no, it's I, I just can't do it. Like I can't drink soda, even if it's like a dessert, like a float or something. I cannot fucking do it, man. Really? Uh, yeah. So I hope it's the same for you. Yeah, I like like I said, I'll still have a coke like occasionally, but like today, I opened a can of coke and I took two sips out of it, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done with this. <laughs> That's awesome, though. I like I think That's I've had good. enough. Because it like it just tasted like shit. It just tasted like yes. complete fucking shit. And, I was and like, it makes you feel like shit. 
That's but, so cool. That's a healthy choice, man. Truly, that's one of the healthiest things you can do is give up soda. Honestly. For real. I'm, I'm mostly just trying to lose all this fucking weight I've gained in the last fucking six months. Because apparently, according to the fucking doctor scale, I don't really see it. Like, it's kind of hard for me to actually believe that I've hit that much. And not saying, obviously, for anyone listening who's insecure, not saying that this is a lot, but this is a lot for me. I've never weighed as much as I do right now. Um, when I went to the doctor in January, I got on the scale, and I was 165 pounds. When I went to the doctor like three or four weeks ago and got on the scale, it said 205. So that means I've gained 40 pounds in the span of six months. <laughs> And yeah. not saying that 205 is an unhealthy number to be at, but to gain that much weight in that time span, that's pretty fucking unhealthy. Hello, depression. Yeah, honestly. It'll, it'll yep. fucking do that. It'll um, make you fat. I'm also going to start, like, I'm also, like, kind of looking around for uh, a therapist because I realized that my work insurance has an actually phenomenal, like, therapy program. Um, if I, like, if I find a therapist that takes my work insurance, my first, I think it's like my first eight visits are completely free. Holy shit. You'll um, be fixed by then. Yeah, honestly. And then every visit after that, I only have to pay a copay of $15. <laughs> oh my God. And Imagine if the rest of America had healthcare that equated to that on a physical level. Honestly. Um, but on top of that, like if, like say I use four of those sessions and I decide I don't like that therapist, if I start going to another therapist that's on the same insurance, my free visits actually start over. Yo. So be a fucking shout out to my hopper. fucking job for having that good of a fucking therapist program. Yeah. Way to go, dude. Just they don't, don't do anything else right, so but at least they give you that. They're like, we're going to make your life hell while you're here, but at least you have a good therapist to talk to. <clears throat> Damn. So it equals itself out, really. I see great things in your future. Thanks. I hope so. I just want to feel normal. Like, like my body has not been sick in like a month and a half, and I just want to feel normal. Well, I hope you get there. Me too. And let me know what it feels like. (laughs) (sighs) Well, um... Let's get into our main topic. Uh, oh, you don't have anything else to talk about? Just stop. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> no, th- there are some things that um, I have been watching, but I don't want to talk about them just yet because I would like to. Okay. Uh, he needs would, to get the app up first. <laughs> I, I either need to like finish the series or mm-hmm. in the in the case of one movie in particular, I need to really gather my thoughts on it. Um, I feel that. But yeah, I was kind of hoping I was going to hear your thoughts on the first rebuild film today. That's the one that I need to uh, <laughs> gather my thoughts on. <laughs> so, Are you not sure if you liked it or not? Yeah, uh, we'll we'll save it for next week. But yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure whether or not I liked it. That's fair. So. Um, but yeah, so during the last several months, uh, there's been a weird little rabbit hole of the internet that I've been traveling down, and the hole in question involves an unknown Dutch developer known as Blue Box Game Studios, and a project also, nope, not also known as Abandoned, but known as Abandoned. Uh, and as we discussed last week, the internet did what the internet does, and the entire thing began to morph and become something that it was never intended to be, or at least it not from the outset. Um, and as we dove deeper and deeper into the entire blue box conspiracy, one thing became abundantly clear. And that is 
that there was a complete mismanagement of expectations. Uh, and part of that was on the devs in question, and part of that was on us as fans of the medium. And really, when I boiled this down, I thought that this would be a great offshoot. Uh, and I think we had actually even brought it up in our messages. Uh, so that's that's what we're here to discuss for you today. Um, Josh, I just want to say I'm proud of you because you actually got through that whole thing without like fumbling your shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm on my shit today. You not, are. I'm not you. drinking. Like you even made it through 20 minutes of wrestling talk without fumbling. Honestly, that's weird. Was, I know. I'm happy. Like this is a good episode. Everyone's like making positive improvements in their life. Yeah. Look at this. Uh, that means I've got to start drinking to uh, to ruin it all. Oh, great. Self start sabot- drinking. Self ta- self sabotage. Aren't you like borderline alcoholic? <laughs> yes. No. Yeah, you and fucking Skyrise Excellence in the Discord are pretty much alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> for like half a second i was like the fuck why is jeffrey skyrise and then i realized it was actually <laughs> it was yeah actually it's fucking justin, justin. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's funny yeah mr skyrise excellence justin himself the alcoholic um, raging alcoholic raging alcoholic see as much money as he has and he's still not happy he goes to alcoholism so <laughs> it's not just us <laughs> Well, maybe Poor that's because we're mismanaging uh, expectations. Yes, that's a great uh, transition into the main topic. <laughs> uh, so to offshoot from last week's topic, uh, what do we need to do, I think, to stop things like Blue Box from happening or at least getting as out of hand as it did? Because to me, when I look at that, it's it's very clear that there was a mismanagement of expectations on the part of both the fans and very much so on the part of blue box. Mm -hmm. Um, what what do you guys think that we need to do before we get into like this whole thing? What, what do we need to do to stop that sort of shit from happening again? So first of all, like on blue Box's side of things, like it it's kind of on them because they like they know how the internet is right like we all know how the internet fucking is anytime any company uh drips a little bit of cryptic information about some about something or about a project give it 10 minutes and i promise you there's thousands upon thousands of reddit and 4chan theories that are already floating around so they have to be mindful of how the internet is but also for like the daily average consumer you have to you have to also be mindful of how the internet is like you you have to really pay attention to where um like the sources you get your information on things from uh because it's nine times out of ten not fucking true and in most cases if it sounds too good to be true it probably fucking is yeah, Can I, I just say that I forgot 4chan was a website until you just said that and you blew my fucking mind? Yeah, see, I also do too until things like this come up because I feel Holy like that's shit. the only thing it's good for. That and like weird exotic porn. So oh, yeah, it. well, that's okay. Um, no, it's, man, I've been burned so many times in the past couple of years because I myself have not tempered my own expectations. Same. Um, uh, very recently with Cyberpunk, but even beyond that, I mean, Sword and Shield for Pokemon. Every time a Pokemon game comes out? 
recently yeah even you know sun and moon and all that shit but i think it it i mean the devs put out what information they put out we're the fucking problem at this point is how i see it i know i am the problem because i will get hyped immediately um i have very little self-control like i don't pre-order stuff i have not pre-ordered a game in god knows how long but good for you yeah just true i can't even tell you the last thing that i pre-ordered i could not even fucking speculate probably halo reach um but it all comes down to us dude because man with cyberpunk Look at my look at you know my head my headspace was like you know The Witcher Three was great it was a phenomenal game it's one of my favorite games of all time this is the same developer like they're going to create something that is fantastic and you know what they did I should have known I was fucking wrong at some point when stuff started not adding up you know okay let's talk about the delays that alone should have said put your dick away you know stop jacking it because. <laughs> How many fucking times did they delay the game? And I was still hyped when the game released. Yeah. I still went into the shit full-fledged thinking that I was going to enjoy it just as much, if not more, than The Witcher. And I was so disappointed. So um, can, can I ask you something real quick? Yeah. Was All right. So you've talked about The, the Witcher before. And uh, you always bring up the, the Blood and Wine DLC. Um. It's the Stones of Heart, or not Stone? Is that what it's called? Hearts of it's Stone. Hearts of Stone. Okay, that, that's what that's my fucking favorite. Okay, so y- you've brought those up re- repeatedly, um, and so did you ever play Witcher Two? No. So believe it or not, I started with The Witcher Three. Okay. Okay. And I think it did a great job at introducing brand new players to the story. It kind of told its own story. In a way, um, but go ahead. Ask me. Ask me a question. Well, so th- this is, I think, what I, w- I was getting to, and this is something that it did not dawn on me until I heard this spoken on a podcast uh, about a week ago. Uh, and now that I think about it, it's like, yeah, this totally makes sense. Okay, so CD Projekt Red, up until The Witcher Three, had only released two other games both in the same franchise and while the witcher 2 was a pretty nice seller like it didn't do gangbusters the way that the witcher 3 did so really that's where everybody jumped on that's where everybody like was oh cd project red oh cd project red (coughs) so my question to you is is what exactly was it that gave you the faith in the studio when they had only really delivered one product to you. Does that make sense? I think because it impacted me so much as a gamer. Okay. I think until that point, I hadn't had, I did not have the experience that I've did with the Witcher three. So like I said, I was a brand new, this was a studio that I hadn't really known before. And it was a franchise I didn't know about. I didn't know about the books. And quite honestly, I do not remember how I even found out about the franchise. I, I don't. It just kind of stumbled upon you know my path one day, much like Stardew did. Um, 
So when I first started playing, like I said, as a newcomer, I was really, I found it really easy to find myself in this world that had been established for so long. And I, I just, I could immediately pick up on things. I could pick up on, you know, past relationships, even though they weren't necessarily outright given to you, you know, just, it was, it was there. There were the subtleties that were there. And it was this absolutely amazing story that was just laid out just that just grabbed you and you wanted to follow it and couple that with just amazing beautiful landscapes even like the really boggy murky swamps of Velen, like even those were beautiful in their own right and it had atmosphere it had these crazy monsters that you were fighting and a lot of people, I think, one of the bigger issues they have with it, um, with The Witcher 3, if they were to have an issue, would be the combat because it feels stale. But the more I played the game and the more I branched out into different um, perks or attributes that you know you could level up into, I started having so much more fun with the combat, combining them with the with the signs that you can do and potions, just alchemy, diving into it, you know, dungeon diving for all the all these different kinds of armor and just exploring the Skellige Isles like there was so much to do there was so much that gripped me like this very few games have ever done that to me it surpassed Skyrim because I thought that was the pinnacle of my adventuring um the love and stuff like that so this game even though I didn't know who CD Projekt Red was this one thing was a masterpiece to me I think it is one of the best games of all time ever made. I think nothing, there are very few things that can hold a torch to it because when you look at the game overall, like the side quests and everything, we bring it up so often at how great they did with the side quests, making them feel impactful. And like sometimes they were even their own storyline. It doesn't even have to be the Bloody Baron. You were talking about one a few months ago when it was like you were tracking this werewolf and there was this whole relationship between the sister and the one that was killed and stuff like that, what, whatever it was, it yeah. was, it, it was, a, it's just another memorable side quest. I, I think of so many when it comes to that game and so few things match that to me ever. So I had that faith in CD project red and it's again, it comes back to that, right? I should have tempered my expectations. I should have done more research. I had so much faith in them because of the Witcher three. And I'm not even going to fucking lie to you. As a person, I know myself, if they announced another game tomorrow, I would be hyped for it. But I think I could become a little more level-headed this time because as much as I loved The Witcher 3 and as passionately as I just spoke about it, I was equally that disappointed in Cyberpunk. So it hit me hard because I didn't temper my expectations and I was going into it with this grand you know, thought of what it was going to be and it just wasn't. I, I will say that they truly delivered on the story before worlds so alive and bustling and just ambitious. It felt so empty and uninspired and I was left lacking a lot because I saw these amazing side quests from the Witcher three. And it's like, they have side quests um, in cyberpunk, but there was no connection there. I didn't feel any more connected to the world. I didn't want to go and immerse myself in the world too much. And perhaps that's because I'm a high fantasy person, maybe. But I'm also a cyberpunk person too. Like one of my favorite movies is Alita, uh, Battle Angel. Um, I love that movie. 
but it just didn't do it for me, man. And I think, you know, this whole long thing is just cultivates back to, I think it's not really the fault of the developers. I think it's the fault of us, the consumer, because the developer gives us what it gives us. Uh, CD project red gave me like what five fucking delays that I should have caught the picture from, but I did it. And that transcends to a lot of different companies that I like, like game freak. I should temper my expectations, but I'm hyped for everything they do. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's totally fair. I, when, when that was said out loud, that was one of those things to me that I was like, huh? Yeah. It's a fantastic point. Like it even hit me right there. Um, but it's easy to see where I went wrong because of how enamored I was with the Witcher three, but it's a totally fair point. I was delivered one thing and I thought the world of this company. So again, it's my fault. Yeah. Uh, I, is there something like this that has happened to you, Austin? Like in terms of, of the um, mm. building hype for something that you probably shouldn't have built hype for? Uh, yeah. Uh, one actually pretty recent was uh, Digimon Survive. Um it was announced, uh, I'm pretty sure that game was announced in like 2017, maybe 2018. Um, and every single, it seems like every single year that Bandai Namco finally decides to talk about it, they say, oh, don't worry, you guys aren't going to get it now, you're going to get it next year, even though we've been saying that for the last like four years now. Um, and like when Bandai Namco showed up at E3 this year, everybody was really fucking hoping that they were going to give some more Pokemon survive and or Pokemon. God damn it. Uh, Digimon survive <laughs> information. Um, the last thing that we got from them, as far as any information goes, we got like an anime cutscene trailer like two years ago. And then last year we got confirmation that, um, or act, no, actually in fucking July of last year, they were like, Oh, don't worry. It's still coming before the end of 2020. Uh, COVID set us back a little bit, but we promise it will still come by the end of 2020. Uh, come December 2020, they said, yeah, that's not happening, obviously. We'll get it out sometime next year. And they have been completely silent on the project since then. Not a single fucking word has been said since it was delayed into 2021. So I'm pretty much just convinced that I got super hyped for this game just for it to be fucking canceled. Um, it sounds like a really cool prospect. It's it's supposed to be like a, a kind of Digimon's take on the Fire Emblem system. Um and I just don't think it's happening anymore. So, and all those, like it, in Dylan's instance for Cyberpunk, at least you got the game. <laughs> You're not wrong, man. It's just not the one that I wanted. <laughs> it might not be what you wanted, but at least you got it. Yeah, but that's another good point. Is we kind of, well, it's not even that. It's kind of an offshoot of that. But it's like sometimes we hype ourselves up for shit that's just not going to happen. And that's another issue. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel disappointed in a company that it's not happening because, you know, we have a lot of great ideas as gamers, right? We always yeah. have something good, but it never happens. Like just for instance, just a small thought that I had was one of my predictions for that would happen in 2021. And that was that we would get Bloodborne ported to the PC with 60 frames per second. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because Sony has been porting some of their best games from soft games are on uh, the PC. They do extremely well. I think Bloodborne would be the one of the smartest choices for FromSoft and Sony to make 
would be to put it on Steam and have it there and even upgrade it for the PS5. It just makes sense. And what have I done? I've set myself up for disappointment because I've hyped something up that's not even been spoken into existence by the two companies that it matters most from. And sometimes that's disappointing too. And again, who's to blame? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of, that question is kind of what I want to ask first uh, with this next little section. It, so hype culture is something that we, we definitely talk about. Um, I would say, I would argue probably all the time. Um, and, First, I want to ask, do you guys think that hype culture is a real thing? Yes. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. much so. I think I'm fucking living proof of it, um, unfortunately. it's. I don't think you could ever follow any video game pages on Twitter at all and not believe in hype culture. Okay. Okay. Um, well, in that case, who, who, who would you guys say is the blame for that? I think it's us more so than anyone, honestly. Well, I don't know about that, actually, now that I say that out loud. I mean, because the company could step in and kind of yeah. stop the perpetuation of the hype, right? They could. It's great for marketing. It's great for your product that you're about to release. Mm -hmm. But you're not stopping us either. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's a little bit of both sides on that. Like, yes, it's very much my fault that I'm hyping up this game that I, like you said, I only have one great release from cd project and it was one a one-time thing so why am i hyping this up yeah but they didn't necessarily step in and be like yo you know what you know we're not doing so hot right now we might push it back a little bit but you keep giving us money you know which uh, i will say in their defense uh especially over the last week game freak has done a really good job at that um uh, like last week we got the trailer, we got a more extended trailer for both the Diamond and Pearl remakes and uh, Legends Arceus, and a lot of people took some of the footage they saw on Legend Arceus and started kind of making their own predictions, and Game Freak kind of came out on Twitter and said, hey, uh, no, like that, like uh, one, of, one of the big things that was going around was um, uh, people were thinking, I, I don't, maybe it was a scene that triggered that, uh, provoked the thought, but, uh, people were thinking that when you knocked a Pokemon out in Legends Arceus, like completely its HP is at zero, that it would be sort of kind of like the anime where you would be able to catch them then. Uh, and Game Freak has then come out and said, no, uh, it's just your standard Pokemon catching mechanics. Nothing has really changed from that. Um, and I, they said something else about another thing that fans were questioning and I don't remember what it was. Um, but it is good to see a company coming out and taking some of these theories and saying, hey, no, that's not what's happening. Like, this is this is how this system is going to work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I tend to agree with the both of you that I, I think it does end up being a little bit of, of the fault of both the... Mm -hmm. uh, both us and the uh, the devs, right? Because when you when you really sit and think about it, the devs will that they, they'll give you that they're they're selling. Well, okay, hang on, let me back up. It's not just the devs. I I, I feel like I need to be clear about that. It's both devs and publishers, right? Mm -hmm. Um, more so publishers than devs but also devs <laughs> um 
because they like they have to sell a product just plain and simple they that's what they have to do they have to sell a product to you so it is incumbent upon them for their stockholders and and whatnot for them to try to get you to buy something and that's i mean that's really what marketing is when you when you bundle it down or or whittle it down to its most like basic function right um uh but when you when you get that out of the way it comes down to okay so you know that they're trying to sell you a product so why is it that you are will like one thing that i have really really i don't want to say fought against but like had a um hard hard stance against for the longest times like since i worked at gamestop really uh was uh pre-orders i don't think that you should be pre-ordering anything because you're you're telling these companies that it is okay for them to take your money when they have not given you anything Mm -hmm. and I think it's stupid that you would do that. Like, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. What? They haven't given you anything. Why? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, like, as far as pre-ordering goes, um, I definitely, like, if it's not a franchise or a series that um, you're invested in or you've played before, like, if, if it's a completely new uh, setting to you, uh don't fucking pre-order that just wait just wait till it comes out and see how other people like see what its review scores are see how other people like it that like that's what i do i used to pre-order everything like every single game that caught my interest i would immediately after the presentation go pre-order it and i was really fucking bad about doing that and then that got me in situations where like i paid a hundred dollars for the uh like digital deluxe edition of anthem I paid fucking $90 <laughs> for the digital deluxe edition of Fallout fucking 76. Like, I ended up paying mass amounts of money for these shitty, really fucking awful games. And so now, like, I don't necessarily think pre-orders are bad, but, like, keep it to a franchise that you routinely enjoy. Like, all like I've pre-ordered the, the Pokemon Double Pack. I've already pre-ordered Arceus, uh... Uh, whenever fucking maybe next year or whenever they decide to do it, whenever Atlas fucking announces Persona 6, I'll pre-order that. And I'm kind of holding off to see if I can get a collector's edition of it, but if I can't, I'll eventually pre-order SMT5 because all of those franchises, like, I'm heavily invested in and I know what to expect out of that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm comfortable paying that much money early because I kind of more or less know what I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, so, that's totally fair, I think. In that regard, I understand and I would not necessarily support but I respect that I understand it. Yeah. Um from my side of that, I like for game freak and stuff, I could see I'm not going to, but I could see myself doing it for Pokémon even if I'm disappointed in a Pokémon game, generally I enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. That said, had I been foolish enough to do that with Cyberpunk, and not only did I pre-give them my money on a false promise, 
or false expectations on my end. Mm-hmm. But then the shit wound up sucking. Yeah. Oh, I I think I would hate myself. Um, yeah. And that's why I'm so scared about pre-orders. It's like Josh makes a good point. They've given me nothing outside of trailers or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And I keep going back to Cyberpunk because it's probably in my life the biggest disappointment I've had in gaming. Yeah. Um, right now, I respect, I will say it again, I respect the story. I'll probably go back and play it one day, no time soon. But they gave us trailers well before the launch um, and they looked great, but they felt a little... Mm, too good to be true. Not only too good to be true, but looking at it in hindsight, it was almost fabricated in some points. Yeah. Um, I thought we for sure were getting this nice expansive prologue where we see the relationship between V and Jackie. And instead we get about a 30 second cutscene doing all of that shit when that could have very well have made it into the game. Mate, spoiler alert for anyone cyberpunk related made Jackie's death that much more crushing. Yeah. It was sad. It was sad when it happened because you do have a little bit of a rapport with him by that point. But something CD Projekt Red is great at is making you feel things for characters. And what really would have helped with that whole arc with Jackie, that whole part of the story, would have been getting the prologue that we like that that was gameplay we didn't get. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about like that little montage, that little like third, yeah, like second montage that we got. Yeah, and that was it. Like that's your whole backstory with Jackie, um, and that's you don't feel anything from that man. Like you could have seen Jackie's relationship with Misty develop a little more, his girlfriend, or whatever. Like you could have seen so much more and had that connection, but instead we got something entirely different, and. That's why I really resonate with what Josh said. They gave us nothing outside of videos and a maybe a question mark. Yeah. And the, the thing that's really, I think, egregious about what happened with CD Projekt Red in this instance is they also had things that were shown to you that you could do. Right. They were like, yeah, you're going to be able to do this like the wall running. Not in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I, so that's, that actually to an extent brings me to the next point I wanted to make was like, what, you know, what can we do about it? And with the devs, I really do think that it's a matter of, I, I really do think that it's a matter of two different things. One of which is better production, like having a, I, I hate to say this cause you know, like I'm, I am not one of these people who makes games. So I can't sit here and be like, yeah, this is super easy. Just do it like this. Cause I am not in a production studio. I am not in mm. a dev team. I can't just sit here and be like, yep, this is easy. Just do it. Uh, but they f- need to have someone who is a better, uh, advocate for what they're doing. than what they have currently, if that sentence makes any fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, because when you look at cyberpunk, 
you need to cyberpunk is one of those things where like there is no way that that game should have been marketed having um uh fuck what's the the wall running right there's no way that game should have ever had that in its marketing because it wasn't a feature that they had actually implemented and that i think brings me to the point that i wanted to initially make with this long run on fucking paragraph is that I feel like marketing should not start until the game is much closer to being done. Like, I don't even think that we should be necessarily showing games when they're in like beta phase. I think that teams should be following the, uh, the kind of fallout four approach. And that's where fallout four was announced like June and came out in November of 2014, I think it was. Like, how did that not catch on with more teams? Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense to me. But, yeah. And, man, with devs, I, I have what I feel like would be a simple solution, but maybe it's not. I don't know. It's one of the things I like seeing most at let's just say an E3 showcase or an Xbox, Sony showcase, whatever. When these games are being announced, something that I truly love seeing is like those cutscenes that throw you into the universe and you can, you, you get it. You like, just imagine like the one for ratchet and clank or even just any of the halo games. They always have this nice cinematic that gets you into the universe. Okay. So there's your hype, right? So that's, that's what your ambition is. That's where you're going towards. And then do you want to show us some gameplay? Yeah, probably what you have worked on for said demo. You've polished it. That's what looks great. But something else is just be completely transparent and honest about where you are in your development cycle. I think as gamers, we would probably be interested just as much as we're seeing a gameplay demo Show us where you're at in your dev cycle. Show us like the bare bones of what you're doing. If a game's coming out in November and we're finding out about this in February, show us what that looks like for you and let us gauge our expectations. It's not a bad thing. You're being honest. If we're already hyped because you've laid out the foundations with a beautiful cinematic and like a gameplay polished trailer of what you truly want to show off, just show us what's behind the scenes let us temper our own expectations let us build trust with you guys as devs and let us know what we're getting into like is that too much to ask i feel like that would maybe that just feels like it's a better um option than just the, the 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 maybes the question marks like be more transparent with us as gamers we're funneling money into you one way or another it's like, just show us more and don't necessarily, you know, not necessarily lie, but don't omit details like certain features that were in X part of the gameplay trailers. They're going to be omitted. Don't, don't do that. I mean, be honest with us. Be like, you know what? We tried wall running in cyberpunk. Wasn't really working out. We're not going to do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's fine. Thanks for letting us know. Even if they're like, you know what? We can't fit it in there because we don't have time to work on that whatever it's as blatantly stupid as that might sound to me 
cool. You let me know. I can temper my own expectations. Um, and then, you know, maybe tell us what's to come in the future. Like, if this is how the base game is going to release, be like, hey, we're working on this patch, this patch, this patch, DLC, whatever. Just communicate. I mean, that's like any proper business, right? Like, you're in a job place, and you have you know, consumers and you have people that not, you're, you're even working with. What's the best way to run your business efficiently? And it's communication. So I feel like we deserve that as consumers. So we know what we're getting and we can temper our hype. We're still going to be hyped one way or another, but just break it down for us. Show us another level outside of beautiful cinematic and polished gameplay trailer. Show us where you're at. Yep. I could not have said it better. Um, uh, and I, I think that another thing that we need to like, I, I, I think that what you said works in tandem with what I was saying about fallout four, right? Like, like one thing that you pointed out that I think is absolutely paramount is to, kind of don't show us things that you can't deliver. Like if, if you're not sure that you're going to be able to deliver on a feature, don't show it. Just, just don't do it. Um, and I, I also think that one thing that is really hurting, and this is something that, uh, Sean Layden has repeatedly said about like the games that he is, uh, you know, in charge of and, and, whatnot uh or not necessarily what he's in charge of but like what he's seeing with the industry is that there are all of these games that are like crazy like 300 million dollar budgets and they're not selling nearly as well as they could and they're not making their money back and shit like that and it's like maybe maybe don't spend a whole like a whole fuck ton of money on your marketing campaign Maybe you don't need that. Like people, especially with, with known quantities, like follow up doesn't need you to spend millions and millions of dollars on marketing. Don't do it. Your, your, your budget won't, uh, you know, go up and you can spend, well, I mean, your budget could potentially stay the same and you could spend that money on your devs to make the game better. You know what I mean? Or like, Maybe just think about the unintended consequences of 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 the hype, right? Like, is your marketing campaign going to make your game better? Probably not, but it could potentially lead to poor sales, right? Yeah, but, and it's like essentially like you're you're hyping this game up for something, and then you know you deliver something that's not what we expected, or something that you let us on to believe. What's going to happen? You are going to get sincere backlash when you release that game. Case in point, Cyberpunk. Look what happened with that god-awful train wreck of a launch. Like, don't promise something you can't deliver because ultimately it's going to come back to you. Like, I mean, it's it would have sucked terribly, but if they would have delayed Cyberpunk again, I know they probably probably couldn't because of whatever behind the scenes. That's fine. But had they delayed it again, they could have polished what it took them. I mean, fuck, look at how long it took him to even get a working game at this point. But no, <laughs> I, I completely agree. But I mean, 
if if they if they don't deliver what they're insinuating they will there is going to be backlash and look i mean like i said cyberpunk suffered not cyberpunk but a cd project suffered terribly for their mistake yep yep uh so we touched on the whole pre-order thing earlier and that's definitely something that uh dev or we can do as consumers to kind of stop hype culture uh but Austin, was there was there anything else that you could think of that you know potentially could um, help to alleviate that? Uh oh. Uh oh. Did is Austin? Dead? Sorry, I was muted. Um, okay. My, uh, <laughs> you mean just like hype culture in general? What can we do to dilute that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hype culture in general, or stay just off like- of fucking Reddit. Stop going to Reddit for everything every time a game looks fucking interesting to you. And, like, I'm I'm super fucking guilty about that. I'm extremely guilty about that. But, like, like start, like, I don't know. It's just, people need to start learning how to, how to take things about games that, like, we don't know a lot of information about. Um, take it with a grain of fucking salt. You know what I mean? Like, stop taking everything at face value. Uh, I, like, as consumers, I honestly think that's the best thing that we can do. And I mean, stop pre-ordering games that you know nothing about just because you think it looks cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you're fucking right. It's the social media aspect of it. So I don't have Facebook. Um, Yeah. And I'm barely on Instagram. Reddit's my huge weakness. Like that's where I am every day. Just mindlessly scrolling. Yeah. But I feel that kind of like what we were talking about uh, last episode, maybe the one before that's probably last episode. When you said, like, you know, I I had no idea that Miles Morales was, um, you know, taking place in the winter because I heard the game was announced. And I generally, as a person, even if it's on Reddit, like, I'll read through the comments, but I do a pretty good job at, like, not watching trailers because I don't want anything spoiled for me. And clearly I do a good job if I didn't even know there was fucking mm. snow in New York now. Um, well, you didn't but, know but, it snows in New York? <laughs> yeah, right. No uh, you know who wouldn't know that? Skyrise. But (laughs) uh, no, so but just the social media thing is really terrible because I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty of it. It's like something is announced and I go (laughs) my first thoughts. Hey, I wonder if there's a Reddit thread. What's everyone saying? Like, let let me base my opinion on everyone else's opinion. I'm also guilty Um, of it. Yeah. yeah, That was a good point. I also do it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's it comes back to us as the consumers so much because whatever it is not tempering our own expectations or you know joining the hype train on social media it all comes back to us one way or another yeah and and something that you guys said i i think really resonated with me and it's i it doesn't necessarily have to do with with social media in in the way that like you should stay off social media I, you should but but one thing that i think has really pervaded the entire culture around video games. It's this weird like FOMO of like you, you have to play the newest, greatest game. And if, if you don't like, you're not, you're not a real gamer or you're missing out on and, and shit like that. And that I think really does a number on, on hype culture and, and the entire industry. And that's another thing that we should probably, you know, fucking stop doing like, 
<laughs> I, I feel like hype culture and 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 the whole machine around it would be significantly better if we just stopped feeling like we needed to play the biggest and best new new thing all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I fucking struggle with that too, dude. Like, from what I've gathered in this podcast is I'm just a huge problem to this whole issue. That's <laughs> because you're not wrong. Like, I always want to play. Dude, I have fucking great AAA games on my backlog right now that I can't even touch because I'm so fucking addicted to Destiny. But it's like I bought them all because I want to play the new biggest, best thing Um Turned out great with Ratchet and Clink. You should listen to that episode of the podcast if you haven't already. But you're right, man. And it's like I even, you know, it's not so it's not necessarily bad with this, but like having the new biggest and baddest console. What if the PS5 would have sucked with all the hype that it garnished? You know, what if that would have just been completely god awful? Um, So you're right. It's it's I also suffer from wanting to play the newest and greatest things, cyberpunk, you know, whatever. If if it looks if it looks great from a cinematic launch and, you know, Reddit super hyped about it and they're excited and everyone else is going to be playing the new thing. Man, I want to play it, too. Yeah. And I, I think that one thing that would alleviate that. A, a little bit is not necessarily I, I when I say that I don't mean that you should only play old games like that's not what I'm saying uh, but what I am saying is like you don't if you have never fucking played a Call of Duty in your life right there is no reason for you to be excited for fucking Call of Duty Vanguard there's no reason for you to be excited for that game just because you think that you might miss out or what have you. You know what I mean? Like, There's a lot of reasons for you not to be excited about that game now. Yeah, there, I mean, fucking tons of reasons. <laughs> um, but, like, if there's a new game coming out that looks like... For me, I knew that I would like Red Dead Redemption 2 before, before I ever played it. I just... That was a game that I knew I would like. And so... I was hyped about it and I did uh, like spend like time kind of hyping it up. And I still do to this day in, in certain instances, like I tell people they should play this game because I think that it is excellent or at least this, at least the story is. Um, but like, again, like you don't need to play everything. You do not need to do that. <sighs> but mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to want to add? No, because every time I do, I just figure out that I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, just chill out on hype and shit up. That's it. That's, That's it. all you got to do. Just That's stop. Do. Just shut just, up. <laughs> just shut the fuck up. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get into what we've been playing. Um, cool. I think mine are going to be relatively quick, so I'm going to jump into the both of them at once, okay? Okay. I've been playing Dead by Daylight again. I love this game. <laughs> uh, so the new Rift is out, and uh, the the thing that I really like about these Rifts is that they... I know it sounds stupid, but like they really do add to the mythos and... like story surrounding the whole game like 
because it's easy to play this game and not worry about the story because there I mean, you don't have to there's nothing that you have to pay attention to you can just hop into games and play it and enjoy it but each new rift adds more added context for like th- for instance you get more story in this one for the clown killer and Jake and like you get to see how they got put into the situation of being within uh you know the dead by daylight world and that's fucking cool like i i really like learning about these characters mm-hmm. um and uh i mean to to that end they announced the new killer uh it's going to be pinhead i'm pretty fucking stoked for that i've seen that's pretty cool yeah i so i've seen people playing as uh as him and um I'm really fucking excited to be able to play as him. Um, he he's not ready yet. He won't. He's on the playable uh, test server. But yeah, I'm I'm excited about that. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say about this is I've seen a lot of people on Twitter like saying shit about the uh, the MMR, which I don't quite know what the uh what that stands for um but i'm pretty sure it has something to do with like the uh the the matchmaking system where they like rank match you with people that are similar skill level as you and there are a ton of people on like twitter and reddit and like all these places for dbd that are just going on about how bad it is. And I have not found that to be the case like at all. (laughs) I actually think that it is completely fine. I haven't had any real bad issues like finding games that were competitive or or anything like that. I, I kind of think that people are bitching about nothing. Um, If it makes you feel any better, man, it's like that term follows every fucking competitive ranking game it's just match made ranking is all it is oh, okay. and it's like the better you play the better you get you know you get matched with people who play just as well type of thing and because that starts happening and people can't adapt and don't start to play better they're like oh it's you know this game fucking sucks man they're pairing us up against you know blah 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 whatever but um In no fact, it's all it's it's fa- your own inability oh yeah pretty much see now we're not the problem they're the problem so <laughs> Um, but no, so that's what it, it's, don't feel bad. It's like, it fucking follows rocket league overwatch and all that shit too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, the, the thing is, is like, I've seen some more like detailed critiques of MMR and how it fucks with like the meta and shit. And like, to an extent, I agree with some of the stuff that they're saying. Like, I don't think that like some of their complaints are invalid, but I do think that some of the shit that they're complaining about is not necessarily MMR related. I think that it's like a a problem with the meta of the game itself. Like, I don't think that these are necessarily valid complaints for what's going on right now. Like people are complaining about killers using the same exact perks and how it slows down the game and shit. I'm like, well, yeah, they have to slow down the game or else they're going to fucking lose. Like, I, I don't understand why this is a complaint. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, um, uh, so I still love this game. It's still really fun. Uh, have fun with it. Uh, but the other game I 
am playing, um, or well, I played a little of, and I'm not sure that I'm going to return to is 12 minutes. So this is the new game pass game and I was kind of hyped for it. Um, and it's this sort of like point and click adventure game that has Daisy Ridley, uh, Willem Dafoe and, uh, James McAvoy as the cast, uh, really stellar cast, like really, really fucking stellar cast. Um, and I really think that to that end, I think that this game is kind of exceptional. I think that these guys do really, really good voice acting. Like it was, I, I thought kind of weird how good, because I wasn't expecting these Hollywood actors to be able to come in and uh, do this sort of work like this. Does that make sense? Like I knew that they, I know that they can act because I've seen them do it, but like voice acting isn't quite the same thing. And so I was kind of blown away by just how good they were. And yeah, so, um, that's really where my good feelings towards this game go. Like that's about it. Mm. Um, so it's a time loop game, right? Where you're stuck in this time loop that every 10 minutes or 12 minutes, uh, this detective comes knocking at your door and basically kicks your shit in and says, I'm going to fuck you up. And I really like time loop stuff as like a narrative device. Like I think that time loop shit hat, can be very interesting and can have a lot of shit to say. Like even the, the not best ones. Like, uh, I really liked Palm Springs. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but like, I really kind of liked that movie, um, because of the time loop mechanic and what it is trying to say about like mundanity and shit like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think that the time loop, here works at all and to be fair i've only played like two hours of this game so it is totally possible that i just haven't experienced enough of the story but like the story doesn't intrigue me at all and the time loop is just kind of fucking frustrating because it's only 12 minutes and admittedly i have you know, I've only played like two hours of this, but like, I feel like I don't have enough time within that 12 minute loop. Like I've played Majora's Mask, right? And that has a time loop in it and it was totally fine. Right. Mm -hmm. But the time loop on this just doesn't work for me. It's too short. There's not enough, like I don't get enough time to do everything that I need to do. And it just frustrates the fuck out of me. Um, yeah, I was really excited about this and I, this is part of the things I should have managed my expectations. Uh, this is not a game that I knew about beforehand. So I don't know why I was so hyped about it. Um, but I was, and that's, I, I that's on me. I should not have been. I should have tempered my expectations. Um, 
This whole podcast was for that one moment. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I might go back to this. I probably won't, though. I'm going to be honest. This is like that the medium for me. Like, you guys remember <laughs> oh, how fucking hyped yeah. I was for that. That sucks, man. That's another good one that we could have brought up. As you, you, that, I feel bad because you were super hyped for the medium, and then it was just like a smack in the face. Yep. So... I mean, it yeah. is what it is. It could be worse. I mean, it's it's not a poorly made game. It's just not mm-hmm. good. Damn. Oh, man. I'm glad this is like we're past the main topic because I'm thinking of a lot of disappointing shit from this year. <laughs> Biomutant being the other one. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Wait, we were not. No, it's fine. Hey, man, I'm glad you enjoyed some games this week, though, on Dead by Daylight. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm still having a blast. That game's just so much fucking fun. I've not played it in a long time, but I should. I feel like if I went back, there'd be so much new shit. It would be kind of invigorating. Yeah, yeah. Should give it a try. Hey, Austin, won't you tell me about that buggy ass game of yours? Uh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. So, uh, yeah, um, I picked up the Saints Row the Third remaster and. Oh boy. I so I love Saints Row. I fucking love that franchise. I think everything about it is super good. I will play any Saints Row game before I even come close to touching a Grand Theft Auto game. Uh not for any specific reason, that's just personal preference. Um and Saints Row the 3rd being one of uh, probably my favorite in the franchise. It, it's I mean the to best me 2 franchise. and 3 are the pinnacle. Um, I didn't like four. Uh, one has is just seriously dated. Um, I don't think four is anywhere near as good as three. Um, so I, I mean, I was excited to play a remaster, but you know, it's really fucking sad when a Nintendo Switch can handle a port of the original release better than the PS5 seems to handle the fucking remaster. And I don't think it's the PS5's fault. I just think it's a bad fucking game. Um, it, I'm having frame rate issues. Uh, like, like I said, liter- I think I texted you guys literally in the time span of 45 minutes. I had the game crash on me three times. Two times were during a cutscene, uh, and then the third time was like I, I haven't even gotten past the second main mission in the game, um, where you have to uh, uh, break into the fucking military armory and steal steal the remote drone. Um, I haven't even made it past that because the game just wouldn't physically let me. Um, so it's kind of disappointing. I'm hoping maybe it was just a one-time thing and I'll, I'll try to play it again and go back and get through it. Um, but I, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going to spend too long talking about it because this is a 10 year old fucking game. So let me ask you this. Uh, do you, you genuinely, have you played, uh, Saints Row the third before? Yes. Uh, like easily 10 fucking times. Okay. Uh, the reason that I ask that is because um, I have heard of the, uh, oh my God, the PS5 really mm-hmm. sincerely fucking with older games. Yeah. Um, so I was just wondering if you thought that it could possibly be that. It could have something to do with that, honestly, because I like the... The, this quote-unquote remaster is nothing different. It like 
they like they touched on the character models they touched a little bit on the lighting um and they uh touched a little bit on the vehicle models and how the vehicles just kind of handle in general from what i can tell um they they just handle so much better than the original release did but i don't know man i don't know what the fucking problem is here but i know that i'm really disappointed that i spent 40 dollars to find out that i can't even get past the second mission of the fucking game uh, I'm I'm gonna sit down and try to play it more tonight and tomorrow. And if I can't do that, then I'm probably gonna call PlayStation customer service on fucking Wednesday and be like, "Yo, can I get a fucking refund for that? Because this is awful." Yeah, yeah. I mean, you should for sure. If- Which honestly, fun fact: a lot of people like don't do that. Like especially on like Xbox and PlayStation, Nintendo's really fucking bad about it, and they're super stingy, and they're just gonna tell you, "Well, we can't do anything, so they won't really do anything." But I have no, like, I've had several occasions from both Xbox and PlayStation where they have worked with me and given refunds for games that I just really fucking hated. Dude, Xbox has always had really great customer service with me. Um, I remember this was back in, like, uh, 2011, maybe 2012. Um, It was around the time that, like, Modern Warfare 2 and and Black Ops uh, were were Mm. out. Um the something happened and my uh, account got hacked and they had to shut down mm. my shit for like a whole month to, to do an investigation and shit. And they refunded all of my purchases uh, that I had made and fucking gave me a year of Xbox live for free and something else. I don't remember exactly what That's it was, pretty but cool. like they, they hooked me up for the, the the problem and then i've had a couple times where i had to refund games because i bought the wrong one accidentally or like i had bought like you know like the collector's edition of something and i had only wanted like the standard edition you know stupid bullshit like that and they've always worked with me uh sony is a completely different story i've never had good experience with sony's fucking customer service really yeah ever Dude, I've never had, like, like uh, Josie went through, fun, so, fun little story, I guess. Uh, Josie went through a phase where she just liked to buy shit off of me and Madison's phone. Um, I Like, in December of last year, she bought, like, five games off of PlayStation Network that were all, like, $60 titles. Oh, shit. Um, and all conveniently bought, like, ones that you movies. wanted. <laughs> God, I wish, otherwise I just would have kept them. Um, she bought, like, five movies, um... Uh, off of the PlayStation store. Um, and then in the middle of the night, one night she actually got on Madison's Amazon account and ordered $600 worth of toys. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I mean, I respect so, that. Uh, luckily Amazon was super cool about everything. I was able to catch it before anything shipped. So we ended up not losing, you know, any fucking money over it. Um, and then PlayStation was really cool about it. PlayStation was like, yeah, we kind of like, this is kind of weird and like kind of, uh, not usual behavior for your account. And I was like, yeah, I just need every bit of that refunded. I actually think there was one movie. I don't remember what it was, but I was like, eh, we'll actually keep that. that anyway. Um, I can't, it was some Disney movie. I don't remember what it was, but we did end up keeping it and watching it. But, uh, yeah, PlayStation has been great with me every time I needed them. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, okay. So Saints Row sucked. What about the other one? Yeah, tell us about Devil May Cry 5. Uh, oh, dude, Devil May Cry 5 is the complete opposite of the spectrum. I think this game is fucking great. 
Um, honestly, I, I wish I would have played it at launch because if I had, it might have been one of my favorite games from 2019. Um, I don't really have a lot of games from 2019 that I think were really all that great. Um, but Devil May Cry 5, dude, th- this game is fucking great. Uh, I've, I've always been a big Devil May Cry fan. Um, I say big kind of loosely because I like I like I didn't play DMC. I didn't play the reboot. Uh, I, everybody either tells me I should or tells me it's really fucking bad. I'd never get a clear consensus over whether I should actually buy that it's game or not. It's super divisive. I, um, I think it's great, but almost everyone I've talked to says the same exact shit. They're like, don't play that game. Yeah, see, and the thing is, everybody that tells me not to play it are the people that are, like, really big Devil May Cry fans. Yeah. Those are, like, it's it's always them that tell me it's a shitty fucking game, so I don't know, but... I really enjoy five. Um, I I genuinely like when I played it today. It's been a long time since I played a game that I really thought was like graphically phenomenal. Uh, maybe it's just because I play like shitty RPGs and just really buggy games. Uh, but this this is one of the first experiences in a while where I've really experienced the graphics of something, and I was like, Jesus! Like this game looks really fucking good. Uh, all the facial expressions are on point. The shading on everything is really good. I think the character models are just overall designed just fantastically. Um, and this, I'm only about like an hour and a half in. Uh, I don't really know too much of what's happening right now. Uh, I, the game starts out with uh, uh, Nero from Devil May Cry 4 uh, working on his van. And then a demon shows up and literally just rips his fucking arm off and dips. I have no idea what's going on in the story right now, but it was a cool scene to watch. Um, But uh, I think I'm on like the second mission and you actually get these like kind of mechanical arms that you can use for different things uh, and they do break over time. You have to either buy them from the shop before you go into a mission or you can find them in the overworld and equip them. Um, And I think it's really cool that one of the fucking mechanical arms you can access, I think they're called like devil bringers or something like that or devil breakers. And uh, one of the mechanical arms you can actually find is the uh, original Mega Man Mega Buster. Oh, that's cool. And it works exactly like you think it does. Um, It just shoots the little pellets, and you can charge it down for one big focus blast, and I just think that that's really fucking cool. Um, I I have been kind of spoiled onto the ending of of this game and who this mysterious character V is and his relation to Nero, but I'm still excited to play through and actually uncover all of that by myself, so... It's a relatively short game from what I've heard, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping I can have it done by next uh, next week's episode. Very cool. <sighs> Imagine finishing a game. Yeah. Yeah. So, fellas, <laughs> I would like to gracefully withdraw myself from contention of beating 20 <laughs> games this year. I think we both withdraw yeah. from that for a long time now. I have tried desperately. I have finished Maybe next six week. or seven. No, uh-uh. no I'm not going to promise that either. I learned my lesson. Um, yeah. I'm a very distracted young man, and uh, I'm really addicted to Destiny 2 right now, man. It's, mm-hmm. I fucking, look, got a buddy at work named Jonathan. Okay. Plays Destiny. Loves it. Great. The one thing that shouldn't have happened is he shouldn't have told me how great it's becoming. And uh, I was already a fan of Destiny before this. Loved Destiny 1. Didn't really play too much in Destiny 2. Dabbled here and there. And I was just listening to everything he was telling me. 
but all the good times he's having. And I was like, you know what? I dabbled with it on PC a few months back. I streamed it a little bit. It's like, let's just get it on the PS5. It's free. I can just sit, relax, play it from my bed. Don't got to worry about it. All right. Mm-hmm. So the next day I went ahead and bought the Beyond Light DLC because why not? So no longer is it a free game. Now I've paid for it twice because I bought it on Steam. Um, cool thing is I could transfer characters, but I decided to start over. And I really you fucked up. Yeah, truly, because that's when, you know, I start grinding for light levels and everything like that. But um, I really kind of delved into the Beyond Light DLC, and it's just a fun story, man, about um, uh, Aramis, who's the, the antagonist of the DLC, and, you know, her struggle to control stasis and create this army and, you know, find the traveler and wipe it out. And it's a really fun ride. And then you now have this new subclass that's not void arc or solar damage. Now it's, you know, stasis, it's darkness, ice. It's really, it's really a cool thing. Um, and this has been out for a while now. Right. And I think I even beat it on steam a while ago, but it was just nice to re-explore and kind of get caught up with, you know, the most recent DLC where the story's going. Um, and I say that because as of recording this, tomorrow will end season 14 and begin season 15. And this is going to be, I think as of tomorrow as well, there will be a state of destiny or something of the sort. And we are going to get our witch queen, the next DLC um, not necessarily announcement cause we knew it was coming, but we're going to get more details on it. They released a teaser for it today and it was absolutely beautiful. And all I'm saying is that they made a lot of fantastic changes in the most recent patch coming. Um, just for example, like just a quick one is like, you no longer have to pick up primary ammo. You always have primary ammo, which is fantastic. Um, but it's a good time to reinvest yourself into it, man, because, one of the things that I've just I've noticed when I've gone back to it is that it's so much fun to play just to explore the planets and get into these firefights. The gunplay is something that's truly enticing and just the whole loot and shoot mentality. It's so much fun and it's just gripped me. Um, I haven't I have Ghost of Tsushima. It came out on Friday, bought it, played it for 18 minutes. It says it right there on my save file. And I went back to Destiny 2. Um, tried playing final fantasy this week, destiny too. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely torn me, man. It just keeps finding ways to grab me and suck me in. And it's great because, you know, you heard my time frame that I'm working with on most days. And this is just kind of a, I can sit down and play it for a little bit, work on some bounties, do some strikes, nightfalls, whatever. I can just have a good time. And it's just such a, beautiful game and i love the lore and everything about it and it's just a it's a great time to give it a shot again if you haven't already yeah cool um all right well with that said uh let's get to our picks of the week and we can get out of here um word what a short yeah really short well you guys are tired as shit so i want to let you guys get some sleep that is true um well, uh, my pick of the week is a little album from MGMT called um, Little Dark Age. Sorry, I couldn't read for like half a second. 
Um, so Little Dark Age is the fourth album from MGMT. Uh, it was their follow-up to, I think, their self-titled album. Um, and for my money, I think it might be my favorite one. Um, I don't know if it's their best, because Oracular Spectacular, their very first album, is just fucking stunning. Uh, but this one is just full of like insanely catchy melodies and harmonies. And like, I really dig melody and harmony. Like those are just like my jam. And obviously like everyone's like, yeah, that's music. But like, not everybody does that. And in on, um, uh, on like fucking their self-titled debut, I felt like MGMT was just kind of like throwing sounds together and, and seeing what's like stuck. Uh, and here it's not the case. There's a lot of really good song craft. Um, the really standout track I think is the self-titled one, uh, or not self-titled one, but the, um, like the title of the albums, little dark age. Uh, it just kind of like repeats these motifs over and over again until you get to the end. And it's just kind of like this brilliantly burning, like I don't know I don't know how to explain it really but like it reaches this zenith where everything just kind of comes together and culminates and it's really beautiful and uh, I really like this album and I think everybody should check it out hell yeah alright Austin what what is yours um yeah so my pick of the week is a channel called uh, Rubes and basically what he does is he does his best to remake uh, super popular games in a week. And this one I thought was really cool. Um, it's literally just a video explaining how he remade the first level of Simpsons Hit and Run in less than a week. And he, it looks really fucking cool. Um, obviously, it's a little rough around the edges because this guy is not a professional. He just kind of does this for fun. Um, but I... It's better than any effort we've gotten for a remake yet. Uh, this is one of those games. Uh, Simpsons Hit and Run is one of those games that I really want to see at the very least ported to modern consoles. Um, I'm not even asking for a remake or a remaster. I just want the bare minimum work here, and it seems like we're never going to get that. Uh, I, I believe like a year ago, Disney was asked specifically about the because, you know, now they own the fucking uh, IP. Um, they were asked specifically about the possibilities of a remake or a remaster or port and Disney pretty much just immediately said no. So I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, maybe one day they'll see how much money it would make them and they'll do it, but I'm not very hopeful. Um, but this was really cool in the meantime. And if you subscribe to his Patreon, you can actually download the work that he did on this game. And I'm assuming other games that he's also remade. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley and you feel like financially supporting him, uh, go check that out. Dude, that's fucking cool. That sounds like a video that's literally right up my alley. Yeah, go check it out. It was real. Like as somebody who does not know a goddamn thing about game development, it was super fucking interesting. And it's kind of like even from just a basic consumer standpoint, it's kind of like eye opening how much work actually goes into video games. Yeah, for sure show uh hey hey dylan how's it going Hi there what's your uh what's your pick of the week oh 
Are you going to fucking shut me down like that? Listen, you're the one wanting to get out of here. Yeah, but we want to stay on for another like, two hours. We want to make this the longest episode yet. Bro, I haven't even broken down Biomutant yet. You want to go back a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my pick of the week is from uh, a guy by the, I guess, artist name. It's Rex Orange County. It's like an indie rock type of thing. Um, and it's a song called Sunflower. And a friend of mine, Erica, sent me just... We were chilling one day and she kind of picked out the kind of music I liked and she it was the one that recommended Rex Orange County to me. And I started delving into the music and Sunflower is just a fantastic song that is very uplifting um, to me whenever I listen to it. And that matters a lot to me um, in terms of just <sighs> music is a big part of my life. So when I can hear something that actually affects me on an emotional level or just a mental level, it it is very much appreciated. So um, check it out. It's a fantastic song. There's a lot of fantastic songs by Rex Orange County, and it's Word. definitely worth a shot. Cool. Oh, yeah. Well, um, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop Hunting Pixels and the Culture Pop family of content. Culture Pop is available on Twitter at Culture underscore Pop, on Instagram at Culture underscore Pop, on Facebook at The Culture Pop, and on YouTube if you just search culture bop and while you're over there uh on that um youtube channel uh drop a subscribe uh because once i meet a certain threshold i can just make it youtube slash culture bop and then it's way easier for me to say um with that said hunting pixels is available on twitter at pixels hunting and instagram at hunting underscore pixels cb uh I do this every week. I kind of don't understand why, because I don't ever really post anything. But if you feel so inclined, follow me on Twitter at the Bebopman182, on Instagram at Bebopman182, and on Twitch, where I swear, I swear to you, I am coming back. Um, it's the underscore Bebopman. Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, and on Twitch at OMDizzy. Oh, and YouTube. At OM Dizzy. Uh, finally, we've got Austin available on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore, or at Big Papa Plays. He is on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and he is on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. And real quick before you keep going, um, I was going to mention this earlier when I was talking about like my physical and mental health, but I figured I would wait till we got to like the the social media shout out portion of the episode. Um, there are a lot of cool things happening with me right now that will hopefully start giving me uh, a lot more free time than what I currently have. And that means I can start actually putting attention to other things uh, I want to do. Like there's a couple of Twitch ideas that I would like to try and do and kind of get back going with that and just content creation in general. Um, I've spoken with Josh about uh, one specific idea that I hope can be brought to fruition uh, soon when I have the time to. Um, there's also the potential side podcast that Josh and I have been discussing, discussing uh, that I can hopefully uh, start to make time for. So that will be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, another way that w we can make all of this happen uh, for you and your entertainment is if you go over to patreon.com slash culture pop and toss us a pledge. Um, 
So I'm I'm pulling it up right now. So let me see. View page. Where are we at? Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay, public page. There we go. So what we've got going on is we have currently five tiers. And if you support us at just the $2 up level, you can actually have your comments and questions and concerns and thoughts and ideas read on the show by us, uh, as well as you'll have the ability to participate in our monthly polls where we will dis- where you will literally get to decide the topic of one of our shows, uh, either the podcast or the ep- like the topic of one of the videos that I'll be making. Um, I've actually already got a poll up there for the video. So right now I have a video coming. Um, and then I have another one that I have already got planned for after this one's finished. And as soon as I'm finished with that one, the third video will be one that the, um, patrons decided the topic of, so, uh, and all of that is available for just two bucks a month. Um, we offer some other really cool stuff. Like you can get early access. You can get your name in the credits of both the, uh, uh, show notes for the podcast, as well as, uh, in the credits for the YouTube videos. Um, and like I said, a, a bunch of other cool, cool perks. So go over there, support us if you can. Uh, we don't begrudge anyone who can't. And we will, uh, yeah, we'll start making more and better content for you. Uh, but that's it. That is the end of our show. You guys got any closing words? Um, don't don't perpetuate problems and temper expectations. Good, good go. Thanks, Austin. You got anything to say? No, I don't have anything. Okay. I have one last thing to say. Okay. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's it. The end of our show. And until next time, goodbye.